glad you could join us for episode 98 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we embark on a familiar journey under a new name and a new banner. Yeah, it's exciting times that we uh, you know, hinted at last week, and uh, here we go. Same show, just new name, just kind of thinking about life after Lost Girl, right? Yeah, and if you didn't listen to the Take 5, we... we posted a couple days ago. I mean, we certainly fully intend to uh, look at the final eight episodes of Lost Girl, but since that could be as long as eight months away, we figured, why wait? Let's get it underway now. So uh, the artwork has been changed, and if you go to the website, you'll see the new artwork, but apparently it takes a little while for iTunes to pick up the change. So be patient, it'll come through. And at this point, we've left our feed as uh, fadeless.podbean.com. And, you know, Wayne, I mean, the term fay certainly predates Lost Girl and just refers to humanoid uh, supernatural beings. So I figure eh, for the time being, what the heck? Yeah, sure. It's, you know, take baby steps, you know, putting it, it's a, it's a process. Yeah. Now, uh, I also mentioned we've got a f- new Facebook group as opposed to the old Facebook page, which obviously has its limitations. So with a group, and we certainly hope you guys will join the group, uh, anybody can post links, videos, comments, whatever, uh, not just the admins as it was in the past. So we certainly hope that will get going. And the Twitter remains the same, although it's now changed from Fatalist to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, but it's still at Dave underscore and underscore Wayne. So the links have been updated on the page, I think, and we'll move forward and see what happens. Yeah, cool. All right, well, listen, today, because Wayne and I got a snow day, uh, today we continue our discussion of James Cameron's cyberpunk series, Dark Angel, starring Jessica Alba and Michael Weatherly as we move through the second half of season one and we'd love to hear from you via email at sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com although if you send it to uh the old one fatalist it'll still get to us uh the website fatalist.podbean.com where you can leave a voicemail via speak pipe tab and you can also record your own audio clip and send the mp3 as an attachment or just send us a tweet at sci-fi tv rewatch so all right a little bit of news today wayne all right let's hear it All right. We mentioned last week that Zoe Palmer is going to star in the forthcoming sci-fi network series Dark Matter, but the cast grew by two this week as Stargate alums Tori Higginson, who played Dr. Elizabeth Weir on Stargate Atlantis, joins the cast as Commander Delaney Truffaut and, wait for it, Amanda Tapping. Oh, snap. Now, unfortunately, she's not going to be in the cast. She's going to be directing. Yeah, I was going to say, point, she, is she just directing? Because she, has, she hasn't been doing quite as much acting recently. No, she hasn't. But uh, she's going to direct the season's fourth episode. And, you know, we'll see how it goes. I mean, like, like we mentioned last week when we did the the uh, synopsis of this show, it really looks intriguing. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. So we'll see. Yeah, cool. And more, and more yeah. gigs for Zoe. You know, again, she's also playing for Life After Lost Girl, as we see. Yeah, well, I mean, we've got Roger Cross, Zoe Palmer. Uh, did you watch Stargate Atlantis? No, I've never. The, the the number of seasons of Stargate has always kind of scared me off. 
Right. Well, SG-1, of course, is 10 seasons, and she appeared in a few episodes there as they kind of set up her character for the spinoff, Stargate Atlantis, which I believe only had four or five seasons. And and I watched most of season one, and and she's really a good character. So uh, looking forward to that. But uh, we are here to talk about season one, episode 14 of Dark Angel, and hopefully I'll pronounce it correctly. (laughs) I've been trying all morning. The kids are I. I don't mind another guy dancing with my goo. Right? Yeah. See, we, we'll be we'll be able to judge the uh, age of our <laughs> listeners if they make the who connection right, yeah. there. Hey, that song is a classic. They should be able to get it. Oh my gosh, uh, you're not kidding. Uh, written by the A Team, Renee Echeverria and Charles Egley. Directed by Jeff Woolnaw, who has done a lot of Supernatural, BSG, and also Vikings, which you've gotten into, right? Yeah. How far did you get in season I, one? I just finished season two, actually. I'm all I'm oh. all caught up. Nice, so. and it starts Thursday. Yeah, yep, just in time. That show is awesome. That is, that oh, is you're not kidding. Good call, Dave. That was, that was a good recommendation from you. Yeah, we'll have to do something uh, with Vikings uh, somewhere along the line, uh, because now that we are Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, I mean, as our... Uh, name indicates we plan to look at sci-fi tv shows of the past generally look at their first season or in some cases only season and and, you know go through the whole thing Uh, probably won't look at season two three four i mean otherwise we'd just become that podcast right but but vikings is a show we're we're going to definitely have to address at some point if it's nothing more than the pilot right and obviously it's not sci-fi but we claim all things like sword but it is supernatural yeah there's a little supernatural there a little bit I mean you know the gods yeah yeah, okay I'm I'm with you I'm not not saying it's not entirely (laughs) and we and we claim all things like fantasy and even kind of historical fiction there's anything with like swords and guys with long hair and women in bodices right and swords in their hands. Right. <laughs> so, uh, nice. all right, well, anyway, let's get back to Dark Angel here for a second. And, you, you know, we we knew, I think this was coming, and I think I even predicted it last week about Logan and his newfound ability to use his legs. But we got a lot going on in this episode. Yeah, a uh, whole bunch. Yeah, I mean, obviously the development of the relationship between Logan and Max. Uh, anything surprise you about it? What I am surprised is... That Max is kind of a go-getter, and she's clearly into Logan, but still playing this kind of coy game where they almost kiss, but they don't and all that stuff. And it just seems, actually for both of them, who are kind of A-type personalities and used to going after what they want, they're kind of playing it cagey here. So that... That surprised me a little bit. Yeah, and we really haven't talked about the age difference, and not that it's this huge gap. I mean, I, I guess she's supposed to be around 19, Right uh, or twenty, right. and I'm guessing. I mean, he's probably not more than thirty, so it's not a huge gap. But but regardless, I mean, he had a wife, so True. you know he's been he's been down this relationship path before, and she hasn't. So it, it's kind of interesting to see that that giddy schoolgirl attitude that she has from time to time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's that whole. You're right. You hit it. the giddy schoolgirl. It just seems like a little weird. Now, the other thing we see in this episode is Max's reluctance to ignore her past when the X-Fives need help. And I think this might even be the second uh, uh, X-5 reunion joke that's been made. But, uh, you know, clearly this was a big part of this episode. And 
You know, if she wants the X5 reunion so much, she should just take the reins and get this thing organized. Yeah. You know, but... Rent the fire hall, get a keg of beer, DJ. Just stop being so wishy-washy. Let's make this happen, Max, right? Invite Lydecker, uh, you know, sure. do like one of these, like one of these sting operations, right? Where they, they send, you know, all the guys that have outstanding warrants, they send them uh, something in the mail. Hey, you've won two free tickets to the Super Bowl. You got to come to the Civic Center to pick them yeah. up. And then <laughs> uh, certainly remembering that the X-5s are still out there and that Lydecker is still after them because it's been a few episodes since we've seen Lydecker. So that was... Uh, you know, when I say nice to see, I mean, he's a, a great character, and, and certainly we'd love to hate him. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we before had, or at least I had expressed kind of this kind of ambiguity about Lydecker, and, but now it seems like he's totally swung back to just being the evil, nasty guy again. Yeah, but the other thing that I guess is intriguing is that we don't know who's above him. We keep hearing about, you know, that that uh, you need to bring them in and put an end to this. And, and, and so now he's torn, you know, you mentioned the ambiguity. Now he's torn between bringing in his kids, which on the one hand, when he says it like that, it, you know, there seems to be this this paternal instinct, but then, you know, we see how, how cruel he is and, and how hardened he is. So, right. Well, I'm and also sure. he, that he's the kind of the lackey of this committee that's run by she, you know, and so these kind of this faceless type of organization that's above him. And it's hard for us to kind of wrap our heads around a little bit that there is something above Lydecker, uh, cause he seems like a pretty powerful guy. But there, there is. There's this committee, and he's behest, they're beholden to it, and uh, and he's, you know, at least, you know, on the surface appears to agree that he, to bring these kids in, even to use lethal force if necessary. Yeah, there's something about the faceless organization that really uh, works well in these sorts of shows. Yeah, that no face is very. That's scary. But it ties in with, like, you know, what a lot of people just imagine as even today in America, thinking that it's run by these corporate cabals that control us and that there's no hope for, you know, all this stuff. So it, yeah, it ties into yeah. kind of that 21st century paranoia, I guess. Yeah, and there's, there's a lot of that stuff on the History Channel these days, which I am fascinated with. Now, not that we really needed a reminder, but you know, in this episode, the ethics of the Manticore experiments are are, are kind of revisited, and and to a certain extent, we see it a lot through Zach and the really the broken man or young man that he's become. You know, yeah. I mean, he's he's really yeah. been broken, and and uh, yeah, he, he's he's a mess. Yeah, he, he's forgotten things. He's like hid stuff in his memory, and now he's remembering again. And he's very bitter and petulant all the time, especially with Max. And you know, he's. But I, I mean, we get it, right? I mean, he's had some very difficult experiences. Well, you know, why don't we just start up right at the beginning? I mean, the opening scene: Lydecker has Zach restrained and is using some sort of psychotropic drugs. And a Max imposter, right? To try to pry loose information that's going to help Lydecker recover the other X five. Yeah, did that and, thing that holds people's eyes open? Did that? Would, did that idea even exist before a Clockwork Orange? 
I don't think so. And and yeah, any any listeners, you guys, if you haven't seen Clockwork Orange, uh, it is a must see. I mean, it's a, it's a disturbing film, but as a genre fan, you must see that yeah, film. Yeah, no, no doubt. But yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I'd certainly never uh, seen it before that, and and you don't see it all that often. But no, but yeah, you know, any good like psychotropic torture scene worth half its salt is going to have that little eye-open contraction thing contraption yeah they had it lost right in a yeah. uh, room whatever that room number was i forget what it was but the night room lighter <laughs> yeah. which we discovered is in westminster maryland <laughs> yes uh anyway uh Lydiger doesn't seem to care whether or not this approach kills zach which then goes back to the ambiguity that we were mentioning a few minutes ago does he want to recover his kids dead or alive does it matter to him i mean clearly her wants him dead yeah and you know later when they're trying to recover tina he's like oh you know make bring her in alive bring her in alive but yeah you're absolutely right in the beginning dealing with zach he's like yeah do whatever you need to do if if it if it kills him all right yeah right and you wonder whether it has something to do with the fact that zach was the leader that broke out the 12 and while he wants to probably retain you know the core x5s because you know because of how much time money and development went into him to sacrifice one to sacrifice the one that really organized all of this is <laughs> the one probably that really not pisses that bad you of idea. off right? well, well i mean <laughs> if you let him stay alive he might do it again yeah true um and then like we've mentioning uh, obviously somebody above Lidegger is applying pressure they stage a breakout with not max <laughs> freeing zach uh and then despite the effects of the drugs he fights through the hallucinations realizes it's not max i'll never tell you anything right and you know we cut to the but the really dramatic like i'll never tell you anything you know yeah, well, like, yeah. It's much more I dramatic that way. Right. And, and, you know, with the drugs he's been uh, hit up with, and, and I think they did a really good job visually, uh, you know, in this scene. They also did a great job visually as, as it as it transformed from uh, Max into the girl that was right. you know, pretending to be Max. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, then that contrasts with the uh, first scene when we come back. Max shows up at Logan's and she's got a fresh chicken hoping he'll whip up dinner for them. And and all those who are playing the drinking game, you need to drink at this point because yes. they're like, oh, where'd you get that from? <laughs> yeah, <Right>? exactly. <laughs> um, Bling tells her he took a walk down by the waterfront and she is just happier than we've ever seen her. Obviously, it has a lot to do with Logan being able to walk because that hand in hand goes with uh, his ability to you know show some emotional uh connection with her right and then you know they obviously are also considering the physical connection as well yeah which logan claims was he was fine for even when he was in the wheelchair so right and again we haven't seen bling in a while but he is a great great the last one was he in the last one i'm pretty sure he was yeah um uh, but just a great secondary character, you know, in many ways, he's uh, Logan's conscience. But anyway, he and, he and uh, Max are sitting down there or standing down there at the waterfront. 
he mentions the whole idea of new possibilities, pulls her close with his cane, and we think, all right, pay off. He's going to kiss her. But no. No. Hovercraft interrupts. Yeah. Yeah. This is a restricted area. Yeah. We were this, this close. Yeah. And like out of all the weird ways to have that scene broken up, just like a you know, drone comes in and tells them to clear <laughs> off this beach. Like, really? Yeah. And then you see her doing her thing, which is to turn her head away from the drone so that they don't get a visual of her. Right. They do have a dinner date at eight, but they each have to go to work. And this was, you know, again, something almost out of uh, pure comedy show. I almost said Three Stooges, but they each have to go to work. They're both thinking kiss. Neither does. They're walking away in opposite directions. Then they both stop, and we're thinking like, ah, they're going to go back and kiss. You almost hear the music queuing up, you know. Right. But no, they were just both walking in the wrong wrong direction. (laughs) Yeah, that that was really funny. That was very cleverly done. Yeah. Um, All right, well, we find out that original Cindy's been evicted after the Red Series trashed her place and killed the building superintendent, and that was, uh, you know, last time. And she mentions about having her heat, electricity, and water turned off. So I guess she lives in an actual apartment building. Yeah, which is strange because I thought, you know, that uh, people didn't really pay for apartments in Seattle. Yeah, certainly. Uh, well, I mean, well, but I mean, we figured Logan pays for right, his, right, but right. Uh, but uh, but I guess I just figured because she's got the same job that Max does. Yeah, I guess I kind of assumed that she was in. Well, I mean, after the last episode, we know that she wasn't, but you know, I thought that she was maybe in the same building as as max you know yeah before so right now she wheels her belongings into jam pony and uh i was a little surprised that normal let that slide as much as he did but either way max invites her to stay at her place because kendra has apparently moved in with walter yeah moved into his his love shack yeah and so i i I wonder is that going to impact Kendra's appearances in the last third of the season. Uh, you know, like we've said, you and I have never seen this show, so and, and we don't look at IMDb. We're smarter than that now. Right. Um, it, well, it's clearly a device meant to explain why she's not going to be on this show. I mean, I can foresee maybe she would come back, but obviously there's going to be a lot of – she's not going to be in every episode anymore. And, you know, it could have been the actress got another gig maybe or something or – or I don't know, they just, you know, trying to cut costs or something. Well, we'll say, hey, maybe she's just going to be out for an episode and we'll see her back next week. Who knows? All right. So, you know, we then had a nice back and forth scene as Max and Logan prepare for their not a date for dinner. Um, and of course, neither Bling nor Cindy's buying it for a second. And Bling says, things are different now, Logan. The gun is loaded. <laughs> right. The gun is loaded. I like that one. Right. Yeah. But, but, like, but like you said, Logan mentions that even when he's at was in a wheelchair you know hey he was ready yeah it was fully cocked um but uh it was (laughs) (laughs) um i like that that how they cut back and forth from one person getting ready to the other and and we see what we, we already know is that though they externally try to play it off like they're just friends that it's really their relationship is much more than that um i liked how uh max Shaving her legs using water boiling on on the stovetop, and we've seen that in the past when she was taking a bath at that one, uh, you know, way back when. 
So, um, well, you know, in terms of the standby theme of appearance versus reality, because I certainly didn't see this one coming, the empathetic doctor who administered the drugs to Zach, and we saw him in several cases seemingly fighting Lydecker about injecting uh, Zach again, well, he's declared Zach dead, pulls a sheet over the body, and then we're at the, I guess it's an X5 cemetery. Right. Where Zach, yeah, because they Zach just had is, the barcodes as headstones, right? Yeah, yeah. And Zach's being buried alive. Yeah. Um, and, and at this point, we assume Lydecker thinks he's dead. And, and of course, it's shades of uh, Kenzie all over again. And Kill Bill. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Um, but it turns out that the doctor set it up as the only way to get Zach out. Right. And I think, I don't know about you, but even when the doctor got shot, I'm still thinking, you know, it, this still seems like it's kind of like a setup here. It doesn't. Yeah, no, they still got me at this point. Yeah. I'm thinking I like, mean, all right. I, my first thought was complete setup that they're just, they needed some other way. They knew they weren't going to break Zach. So how could, how could, how else could you find him? Well, you let him think he's escaped and you just track him, and you let him go find the other X-Fives, and he'll bring you right to them, you know? Yep, and that was exactly Lydecker's plan, and, and uh, the doctor, I guess we're not really sure, did he actually get shot, or was it probably just like some exploding blood capsule yeah, I think or something? Yeah, because this whole thing was, you know, very well coordinated and everything. Look at the two inside the coffin scenes uh, to me zach's was much more frightening and terrifying than kenzie's and yeah you know, but thankfully it was very quick it was both were very quick and and, uh, and i like the fact that they both shows handled it that way and of course he just blasts his way out as opposed to kenzie having to wait for dyson and um right you know Lauren but again get him kill bill and of course you know um uh, I almost said Lost Girl, Dark Angel, uh, predated Kill Bill, but you know you got that. You know she gets herself out with uh, by punching up through the through the uh, the ground and the coffin and everything. So right. you see probably, that probably goes back to we. Well, we just say we see that you know Dark. You know, did Quentin Tarantino see Dark Angel? Did you know? Did he get that from this? You know that I can't tell. But I, the more we watch Dark Angel, the more I see. Um, things that followed it that have, you know, taken a lot from it. Yeah, probably even goes back to Poe. <laughs> right, right. Mm-hmm. Cask of the Amontillado. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not not in the ground, but certainly the same concept. Yeah, yeah. So, Except, uh, f- what was it, Fortunato didn't uh, punch his way out of that one, though, right? No, he did not. Now, uh, dinner is interrupted first by Logan's failure to turn on the oven, which they both found pretty humorous which was nice and second by zach's call to max asking for help and for a split second i thought she would tell zach that she couldn't come but no no that's just gonna happen well and right you know zach got logan's number because he got he called uh, max's apartment first cindy answers it did you see what she was putting up on the wall when she answered the phone i no. what was it, it? was I, a xena warrior princess poster Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. So I, I like that. That was good. Yeah, a little uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. action there. Lucy Lawless. Yep. Now, 
Again, another back and forth scene real briefly, though, Logan doesn't want her to go because of the danger. And, you know, she opens the door, he slams it shut. And, and that happens several times. But she goes anyway, since she feels she owes Zach. And, you know, at the end of the show, uh, you know, where she says to him, I guess we're even now and implying that don't ask for my help again because you're not going to get it. But I think we both know that. If it comes to that, she probably will. Yeah, no question about it. But he is just so rude to her. And and Logan is too, though we know Logan has a different reason. But you know, I think Zach is just so kind of feels betrayed because Max has gone and like we, we talked about before, he's kind of formed her own family outside of the X-Fives. And he just wants loyal X-Fives like, like Tina here who will – run away to Canada with him. Yeah. Now, you know, the humor in this episode is really understated and, and we do have a little bit in this scene as well. Uh, you know, before she gets the call from Zach, suddenly the two of them have nothing to talk about. Right. Yeah. And, uh, they both got the glass of wine, the oven fail makes them both laugh. But, uh, and so I really did like that. You know, I, you mentioned last time that I don't, generally like the jam pony sequences and i I will say though i i've liked them recently much better than i did at the beginning but i i just thought this was a really good way to inject humor into the episode in in this understated manner so right and it's just i mean i I run into this problem when like i go out to dinner with my wife and it's just like hmm well we see each other all the time and we talk every day so we're out there it's like what, what can we talk about now that's like not kids, right? So I've actually started making like little lists of conversation stars when, when we go out to dinner, just so. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll edit that. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we find Zach in a cave. Uh, he's delirious, thinking that Max is aligned with Lydecker. And then she realizes that he's been heavily medicated and tortured. And, and she seems to know how to get through to him, knows instinctively what to say to gain his trust and tells her that he made himself forget everything he knows. And then we, we haven't had a flashback to Manticore training for quite a while. Right. And this was a good one. This was a really good montage of, of images that we had seen pretty much all of them. Well, the, the one with the kids getting the laser in the eye was a new one, but most of the others were ones I think we'd seen. And he tells her that he's the only one that knows. And he says, how could I forget a single thing about you? How could I? And I'm just like, what's his deal? What does he even mean? Well, it's it's from before, right? Remember when they were, he wanted to escape with her before. Yeah, you know, and they were in that cabin and the wine and everything. You know, I mean, he's into her. Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. And I guess you understand that. But sure. uh, I guess he's not into her enough to... You know, give up his job as the protector of the other X Five. So, well, true. But he wants because he wants it all. You know, he wants to like still be a little soldier in charge of the X Fives, but also wants her along on board. And that's why her refusal to go to Canada and to stay in Seattle is you know so makes him so pissy and and petulant. Yeah, true, true. Well, speaking of the other X Fives, we do hear about more and we get some information about each of them. Tinga 
apparently is in Portland working at a bakery. Uh, John D. in San Francisco near the Golden Gate Bridge. Zane, Zane. is in L. You know who Zane is, right? I don't. I'm pretty sure that's Jansen Eccles. Oh, nice. So um, I think he was in this episode, actually. Okay. In, in one shot. But we'll, 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 I'll talk about that when we get there. Okay. Uh, he's in L.A. as a mechanic, and he's got a German Shepherd, although it's it's uh, a sweet German Shepherd. Uh, we hear Crit mentioned, but we don't get any information. And then we know, of course, that Bryn uh, is right. in uh, the custody of Manticore. Right. So those are the ones we find out about. Yep. And, you know, from the inadvert we, you know, we said how we don't go on IMDb, but I inadvertently saw on IMDb, um, you know, that there are a number of uh, the um, <clears throat> Manticore kids that are going to have like episodes around them and stuff. So it seems like we're kind of getting started with this new mission of um, protecting the other Manticore kids. I think we're going to meet more and more and more as in, in the next few, uh, ne- next couple episodes as it goes. Okay. And, and, you know, at this point in the episode, I'm wondering, uh, you know, is this the beginning of a quest to find the other X-Fives? Are they going to get together, which would seem to be counterintuitive? Why would you want to assemble and put yourselves together for Lydecker to find you or is simply to warn them that they've been compromised, which is, in fact, what it, it really turns out to be? Um, but you know, when Max goes to get food at that nearby gas station, she finds out and we find out that it's really a recon mission. She easily spots Lydiger's men and Well, she has know, like uh, that uh, telephoto eye, right? I don't know. Have we yeah. seen that before? Yeah. Was she like is oh, yeah. to zoom in on the guy's ear? Like that was crazy. Yeah, and I think we saw that in Tingo when we saw her uh, before as well. Right. So it's not the only one we've seen. Okay. But Logan's improvement seems to be short-lived and he's experiencing difficulty standing. And I think I mentioned, I I wonder if that was going to happen, that he was going to regress and I guess we'll see. Yeah. Well, I mean, clearly he is, you know, there's no question about it. Right now, again, like we said last week, he's really been physically and emotionally pushing himself probably more than he should. So is it simply that because Again, the the reason that he's recovered is because of uh, Max's Manticore blood. So I gotta say, I gotta think in the end, it is going to help him improve, and he will walk. Yeah, you know, I mean, the, yeah, it's like the blood goes out. You know, <laughs> I mean, it does if you get a cut or something. But I mean, it just you know, it recycles itself. So wouldn't he still have all the the healing things? But were they the uh, the stem cells, right? Yeah, With, you yeah, know, you yeah. think he would still have them in him? I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, makes sense, and I'm sure we'll find out. I I think one thing I really like about the way this show has been handled is that they don't make you wait long. Right. That uh, you know they answer a question, and like any good show, they pose a few new ones, but they certainly keep things going. Um, so well, I had a question here because you know the guy at the gas station, like, do you? In order to use a listening device, do you have to touch your ear? Like, they always are touching their ear when, you know, like, you see that all the time. I don't think that, I think, I don't don't think that's necessary, is it? Well. We'll we'll put that out there. Because the the guy at the gas station who's who's with uh, Manticore, and, you know, they say, you've seen her, and he has to touch his ear. Nope, haven't seen her. It's like, do do you really have to touch your ear to talk? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. Yeah. 
But well, anyway, speaking of monitoring Max and Zach's movements, uh, you know, we find out that Lydecker's in this command post in a van, and that's when the whole long con becomes apparent that that the doctor's been in on it the whole time you know the the whole live burial approach was likely Lydecker's idea to begin with and like you said uh you know just to bring them all out into the open and that's in fact uh what it is but i guess they don't count on zach taking out the transmitter from his head Um, i'm not sure where it was uh embedded but clearly there was blood and digging involved Right, and I, I guess they didn't count on Max being able to help out, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I guess they, and you would think Lydecker would be the last person to underestimate the X-5s, yeah. but that seems to be exactly what he's been doing. Seems like it. So actually, um, I this question as well, because so when Max breaks onto the the base or whatever, um, you know, she hides in a used car that's on a big, you know, car trailer, of used cars being taken there i'm like what (laughs) why 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 is this big trailer of used cars going there and and then also to go well to go along with that is this idea of you know this this kind of world uh, this post-apocalyptic kind of world you know does that have anything to do with it certainly the beat up cars on that trailer you know you know made it seem like kind of you know, I don't know, gave me that kind of post-apocalyptic feeling, I guess. Well, yeah, you wonder whether uh, manufacturing industry is going to be one of the last things to come back. Of course, uh, you could also argue that as a country, we're moving so far away from manufacturing that that that's why we're in that position. Right. And then finally, like for Max, you think like surprise is kind of important and you really don't want to announce that you're there, but yet you know, the way she she gets there is by driving her motorcycle off the top of this truck. It's like, um, you're kind of tipping your hand there a little bit there, Max. But still, pretty sweet escape. It was a very sweet escape. Yeah. All right, well, she takes him back to Logan's. Uh, he Zach is distraught, and, and that's when he explains about the voicemail system he's set up for the others to check in with him periodically. And the problem is coming up that they've got to have a way to warn them since Zach can't remember the voicemail number. And, you know, that goes back to him talking about training himself to forget. And then like, uh, you know, when we get to the flashbacks to Manticore and the way that the kids were basically beaten into submission about the, you know, we can always get it out of you. And and I, I was still a little unclear what the whole purpose of that was. It was almost as if they, Lydiger wasn't training them to bury things deeper, but telling them that they couldn't. No, I, I don't know. It just seemed like, like, it, well, that it seemed to me that Lydecker had had trained them to be able to forget things, which then kind of begged the question for me: like, well, if he knows that he trained Zach to do this, why is he torturing him when he knows Zach can't help it because he's he's literally made himself forget the things that they're trying to get out of him. Yeah, true, true. Now, the the one thing that happens that seems to be a positive is that Logan, as eyes only, is the instrument that uh, gets the word out to the other X-5s. But then, of course, Lydecker wonders, all right, why is this eyes only guy concerned about the X-5s? So now he's made a connection between 
eyes only and the X-Fives. And while he doesn't have the connection between eyes only and Logan yet, uh, it's only a matter of time. Only a matter of time, right. But how about, uh, you know, normal sitting there watching, like, it's kind of like cops, I guess. You know, when, uh, when the eyes only broadcast comes up, he's like watching the TV show. Oh yeah. 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 Um, that, that was pretty funny <laughs> actually. Yeah. Again, it, it, understated. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, like, cause that one episode when he was, uh, dating the transgender individual and he was like, I'm cool with that. He's fine. So we think, Oh, well normal, you know, we, we think is usually kind of, uh, conservative type person we see maybe not so much but then he's watching this he's like yeah right sissy freak <laughs> he yells at the yeah. tv it's just like what so i don't know i guess different shows the the character changes a little bit slightly so yeah well um but the other thing that comes out in this scene at logan's is that max asks zach how come you never gave me the number and he tells her i didn't trust you you know that that you were too much of a liability and he says look if you leave seattle then you can you know be one of us be in the group but he clearly makes that connection that she's got with logan and knows that's not going to happen so right which is i think really the, the crux of the problem is his jealousy i think is more so than his distrust of her yeah now they get word that tinga knows that lydiger's on to her even though she's been warned needs help and after you know our obligatory fight scene uh, with Lydecker's guys, the three of them get away in Logan's car, who's waiting nearby. I guess after Zach hotwires a car, who makes the snarky comment? Was that Logan, uh, Logan did? Yeah, oh. he's like, I guess you're all criminals in your family or something like that. It's like, yeah, dude. So yeah, that really. right before the fight scene is where I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think maybe Jansen Eccles might have been. In uh, one of the scenes, Jansen Ackles, I mean, um, there, there's like this one scene where like they, they show like one of the guards in the bike helmets and he, uh, or the skateboarding helmets, and he kind of looks and there's a kid with a hood pulled up um, and you see his face really briefly. The guy turns back around and the kid has kind of retreated already. And I just, I, for that moment, it just kind of looked like it might have been, but I, it's also because I'm just, I know he's going to be in an upcoming episode and you know kind of looking for him wherever i can find him i guess too but yeah you know. all right well it looks like they're on their way to canada and i guess they figure once they cross the border the and, and and again i think that's the first indication we've had that there actually is still a border that that uh, is somewhat secure and i assume there's probably a checkpoint there as well that they well, don't want those Right, but it seems like uh, U.S.-Canadian relations have deteriorated so that there is uh, no longer extradition from Canada to the U.S. Yeah, <laughs> good point. So, you know, she's surprised that uh, Max is not going with them, uh, Tingo, that is. And, you know, then we get that scene where Max says, I guess we're even and, you know, we'll see. Now, you know, one of the, the the final scenes before we get into the, you know, the actual last two minutes uh, is this committee that you mentioned earlier in the podcast that uh, we find out that there's somebody above Lydecker that wants the X5 situation resolved, deadly force if necessary. But, you know, I guess the question, why is Lydecker hemming and hawing 
on taking them out? You know, what's the connection for him at this point? You know, are they his kids from a paternal standpoint or are they his uh, lab experiments? Yeah. And he agrees, uh, you know, that, okay, you know, whatever needs to be done, deadly force, whatever, I'll, I'll take care of it. But it, you know, it seems apparent that he is not 100% okay with that idea. So, you know, maybe there is some, you know, some regret here or, or some sympathy with his, you know, quote unquote kids, I think. Well, and it just seems like he's not ready to take that step, which is going to put him into direct conflict with his superiors. And, uh, you know, I wonder, and I don't know if we actually said this in the podcast, but I remember thinking it at some point that, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Right. And you wonder whether Lydecker and the X-Fives are going to have to bond together to stay out of the hands of the committee. Yeah, absolutely. Would, Which would be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, and like, you know, we kind of have seen that all along with Lydecker is that he kind of shifts from you know, being like this 100% bad guy to being maybe there's something else there. Maybe he's sympathetic to these kids. Maybe he actually wants to help them or feels protective of them. So I just, I found it interesting that, you know, in the the beginning, when the doctor expressed reservations about giving the drugs to Zach, uh, Lydicker's basically, well, if you can't do it, then we'll find someone who can with the, you know, the insinuation being that, well, then I don't need you, and so you will die, right? Yeah. And so when Lydecker is kind of, not outright, but just really, like, saying, really, deadly force, seriously, um, the guy says the exact same thing. If you can't do it, we'll find someone who can. So that kind of comes back, that attitude comes back, kind of haunt him a little bit. Wow. Well, you wonder whether the person that's saying it to Lydecker has some long con in play, the way Lydecker did with the the doctor because yeah could be so yeah so well you know this show is called dark angel and i mean it is a dark show and and really you know while we saw probably max at her happiest in this episode we also see at the end where she's really back to that darker place Mm -hmm. um you know max is reminiscing about someday seeing tinga again and then Logan, you know, mentions, oh, you know, last number dialed, uh, you'll get the contact number. And of course, that doesn't work out because Zach has already disconnected it. And then she's like, got anything to eat? And, you know, goes to the refrigerator, you know, pulls out a bunch of stuff. And then he realizes he can't stand anymore, says he'll take a rain check. But, you know, she just ignores him. She just keeps carrying the food in. And then he gets really nasty. Yeah. And, and clearly she's hurt. And then just says, screw this, you know, I'm, I'm leaving. And then that very end of the scene where she's, you know, with the voiceover, maybe it's me and the way I'm made that turns people away. Yeah. Which is really sad, you know, because it's, she, what we've seen is her really taking steps to open up to other people. Right. And now with Zach, because he's jealous, so he treats her badly and Logan because he's concerned or angry that his, you know, his ability to walk is now kind of regressing. He takes it out on her and is nasty to her. So basically all these people are dumping on Max when all she 
wants to do is like help, right? Basically. And, uh, and so now she's getting to a place where like, maybe I was wrong to be involved with other people. Maybe I was wrong to want to help other people. Things were much easier when I only cared about myself. And, and, and that's, that's true about life though. Right. I mean, that's just, well, yeah. And I mean, the irony is that, that the other people, he, Logan's the one with the self-esteem issues, but she's, he's dumped it on her and now she's questioning, you know, choices she's made and, and the choices she's made to try to get to a better place than where she'd been. And, you know, it's really sad. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Good episode. I, you know, I really liked it. It, it certainly moved the story forward and, you know, like, like we could go a lot of places. Uh, I, like you said, I think we're certainly going to see more of the X fives probably sooner rather than later, but yeah, that's the, again, it's just kind of like, I mean, where, where does Max go at this point? Right. Because everyone's kind of pushing her away. Even Kendra, um, you know, maybe we'll see an episode or two where she's just kind of striking out on her own for a little bit. Well, anything else uh, we're forgetting? Uh, I don't think so. I think we got it all in. All right. Well, we want to thank you for joining us today. Uh, we'd love to hear from you about Dark Angel or anything else you think we should be watching. And Wayne, I mentioned in the take five that, you know, we're not going to make that same mistake again, that any show we do has got to be available on either Netflix or Amazon Prime or, you know, some, you know on demand somewhere, uh, because obviously it, it limits our listeners too much to, you know, pick shows that aren't. And yeah. It'd be nice to be able to do Andromeda, but that's not one of the shows that's uh, found on Amazon Prime or Netflix. Well, maybe, maybe someday. Maybe, maybe someday. Uh, you can send us emails to sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com, voicemails via the SpeakPipe tab, which you can access through our website. And we'll be back next week to discuss Dark Angel Season 1, Episode 15, titled Female Trouble. But until then... Well, Dave... You know, whenever you get pulled over or anything like that, words of advice from normal, don't you turn your back on the police officer, you weenie.